Hey, women's basketball fans, Erica Lindsay Ayali here, one of your hosts of Locked On Women's Basketball, and the Phoenix Mercury evened the WNBA Finals up one game apiece. They were able to overcome the Chicago Sky on their home court, 91-86. We have everything you need to know from the show. I will be joined by Haley McGoldrick of If You Know a Thing or Two about Locked On Women's Basketball. You know she was my co-host for our preview show, so we are going to get it going just a moment here. Thank you, as always, for making Locked On Women's Basketball one of your first listens post-game. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, all right, folks. Again, Erica Lindsay Ayala here, one of your hosts of Locked On Women's Basketball. We got another great WNBA game. The series is tied at one game apiece. Phoenix and the Chicago Sky battling it out for the 2021 WNBA title. But as promised, I am joined by Haley. What's going on, fam? How you doing? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me back. How have you been? I've been doing well, you know, doing that hockey, doing that women's <laughs> basketball, a little bit of women's hockey in between. But we'll get there. We definitely are going to talk about all of that stuff. but. Let's first talk about this game. Game two of the WNBA Finals 2021 coming off the Wubble season. No Seattle Storm. We have two teams looking to get it done. Phoenix for the fourth time, but Chicago for the second overall. We know that in game one, Chicago came out and kind of popped Phoenix in the lip a little bit. But Haley, what did you see in game two? It's crazy because at the beginning of the game, you know, Chicago was running away with it. They they had it in the first quarter. It looks like they were just going to blow out Phoenix again. And then they kind of, you know, they were committing some turnovers. They were, you know, making some bad passes, taking some really off-balance shots. And Phoenix used that to their advantage. And they came back and they just dominated. You know, through that second half, obviously, it was a lot of back and forth. But, you know, they cut they cut a big deficit coming out of the first quarter to come back. They tied it at half time for you. And then, like, it was amazing to watch. Obviously, I know post-game, Dan Tarasi gave her props to BG. And, obviously, BG was huge in that game. Yeah, you know, you can't really defend her. And that's going to be a problem for Chicago now moving forward because you can't let BG get all those points. Um, but it was crazy. You know, Sophie Cunningham was going off. I think Diggins Smith, she started off a little slow. But when she got into a rhythm, again, unstoppable. She's a gritty defender. She's going to get in your face. She's going to make you take those off-balance shots. But when she got into her shooting rhythm as well, it made such a difference for Phoenix. So it was really great to see them kind of get on their feet and get that chemistry. Obviously, DT, she was amazing, especially in overtime. Like, she just played insane. It's hard to believe that she is 39 years old and still <laughs> lights out every single night. It's incredible to watch. Like, we truly are witnessing history with this team. But, you know, Chicago, like, credit to Chicago as well. Obviously, 
Kalia Copper, she's incredible. She, you know, fights to the last second. Same with Courtney Vandersloot was amazing this game. You know, there were times where it looked like everyone was kind of jogging back. She's like, no, I'm going to go get this ball. I'm going to go get this rebound. Obviously, you heard, you know, her whole specialty is dishing dimes, and she's very good at that. Um, but Sloot for sure was amazing for Chicago. I think, again, they kind of, near the end, they looked a little tired. They were they were the ones now taking those off-balance shots. I um, mean, that's, I think, what, unfortunately, at the end, they kind of got a little frustrated that Phoenix had completed the comeback. And then you saw when Phoenix had that five-point lead, they were, like, you know, just throwing up shots. And ultimately, it fell to Phoenix. Yeah, you hit on a lot there. First, let's go over Phoenix and, you know, what, changed from game one and you talk about them kind of being within their game you mentioned Sophie Cunningham and that's one difference that we can definitely point to between game one and game two now this is a, a banged up Phoenix Mercury team we know that Diana Taurasi has been uh really trying to get through a, a high ankle sprain like a broken foot like all these things not to mention a newborn baby congratulations to her of course and penny then you had kia nurse go down acl tear out for the finals i know oh canada no representation in the finals kia nurse you know i know so sad new york liberty draft pick not going to see her in the finals and cunningham also had been out with a calf strain, is still on limited minutes because of that injury, but played in game two. I don't think we can overstate how much of a difference and an impact Sophie Cunningham made in this game. Now, a quiet nine points, we know, as we saw in that elimination game against the New York Liberty, she can definitely go off, but she was three for four from uh, deep, uh, at 75% clip from the three-point uh, arc, and then shooting 42%, about 43%, we'll give her 43% from the floor. So not stellar numbers, but for you, in what ways was Sophie a visible and noticeable difference for this Phoenix Mercury team tonight? You know, when she kind of got on that run of her shooting, she, you know, made a couple shots in a row. Well, again, it was a quiet nine points, but still I think the biggest thing too, there was that sequence where she grabbed, you know, the loose ball and copper kind of went for it and they kind of got entangled and it was a personal foul. And I think her thing is that she really gets in people's faces and she kind of gets in their heads. And that's the thing they said on the broadcast, you know, half of Missouri hates her because that's kind of the way she plays. You know, she's going to get in your face. She's going to get in your head. You're going to make mistakes when she's on you because she's just that kind of in your face and she's kind of, you know, bold and she doesn't care. You know, she doesn't care if you don't like her. That's not her job. Her job is not for you to like her. She's your defender or she's shooting on you. And I think that's where she makes a big difference. She obviously can hit those shots from deep. She was huge in the single elimination game. Obviously, that was kind of her one breakout performance from this playoffs, but still like nine points definitely helped. I think the thing from game one was that, you know, you had SDS, DT and BG all go off. But then the rest of the bench kind of fell flat in this game. The Phoenix bench was kind of moving a bit more everyone else. It was a more even rotation of points, but I think for sure the way that, um, Sophie Cunningham can get people angry and off their game and start making mistakes because she's kind of putting on that pressure and getting in their head is huge for Phoenix. Absolutely. The Sophie Cunningham-Ka-Copper battle, spice. 
it's absolutely the spice that maybe we didn't ask for, but that we needed in yeah. this game too. And certainly that Phoenix needed, but I also want to go to someone else that you mentioned. You mentioned SDS. Of course, we're talking Skylar Diggins Smith, the manifester herself. Okay. Came with the list, just knew what she was going to get accomplished in this 2021 season. And we know that winning a chip is on that list. And let me tell you, Another, let's say, quiet nine points. But similarly to what we were saying about Sophie Cunningham, you cannot overstate how Skylar Diggins-Smith impacted this game, especially in the second half. Hustle plays, leading from example, showing that this Phoenix team has grit on defense. What would you like to uh, add and reflect on when it comes to Skylar Diggins-Smith trying to get her, her first championship? No, I absolutely agree. I honestly think defense is a huge part. And I know obviously losing somebody like Kia Nurse, they were like, we're losing a great defender. But Skylar Diggins-Smith is another one. She's going to get in your face. She's going to make you create turnovers. She's going to, you know, get steals. You know, she's smaller, so she can get down there. And she's going to be right there. She's fast on her feet. She's not going to let you pass her. And that's what I love about her because obviously she can produce. We've seen multiple 20-plus point games from her this season. You know, her shooting is not an issue. Her ability to score is not an issue. And she did a lot of baskets in transition as well today. You know, she's fast. She can get those and create that. But I think, honestly, defensively, she has a huge impact because, again, she's another player who we've seen it throughout her career. She has no problem getting in somebody's face. She doesn't care if she's going to fight with you. We saw earlier this season her and Marina Mabry, like, they were about to fist fight on the court. Like, she does not care, and I love that about her. And that same thing, I think, like you said, Phoenix has a lot of grit and they're not afraid to get in your face. They're going to play you up front. Sometimes it might cost them foul. Oh, well, but they're not going to back away. They see somebody like Quigley or Vanderson. They know they're going to be able to shoot the three. They're going to shut that down immediately. I love it. I absolutely love a gritty type of team because if we're being honest in that semifinals where the Chicago sky advanced over Connecticut, that was the difference. You know, as far as what maybe what literally does not show up on the box score, you know, there's not a, a metric, there's no advanced analytics and stats for grit and hustle, but that was not an easy series for Chicago to win, but they won because the outlier was while um, the Connecticut defense wasn't strong and the Chicago offense at times was turning the ball over, it was Chicago that could find their way through. That was absolutely missing 100% from Phoenix in game one. They showed it through Skylar Diggins-Smith, through Sophie Cunningham. And I also want to give Shea Petty a shout-out. We saw already in two games in also her first-ever finals. What a story. Shout-out to Lindsey Gibbs, former co-host right here on Locked on Women's Basketball, because she's been following the story of Shea Petty, and it's just amazing. But Shea Petty is another player. I do want to get to some impact players, though, on the other team, but... I have to uh, remind our listeners that I've been taking the sweat block challenge, Haley. So now this is a doctor created, doctor recommended antiperspirant. And they say that you can wear it uh, for seven days without needing to reapply. I have not gone a full seven days, just going to be honest. But I can tell you with these lights I have streaming down on me, with all of the spice that we're talking about in this women's basketball game, I'm definitely feeling I'm feeling nice and protected. No, no, no pit stains so far. So good, Haley. So we want to make sure all our listeners go check out the number one 
selling antiperspirant on Amazon, and that is uh, Sweat Block. So now that I'm cooling down a little bit here, Haley, we got to talk about Chicago because this was a close game. Of course, it was a 91-86 win ultimately for Phoenix, but we went to overtime. Okay, how many, let's see, how many ties we had? 11 ties in the game, nine lead changes in the game, and that don't happen without some stellar performances from some peak players for Chicago. They had six players in double digits in game one. They had another four players in double digits in game two. Haley, who stood out to you? 100%. I know I mentioned her before, but Courtney Vandersloot, she really, you know, she was fighting for those balls. She was taking those shots, obviously her. Court vision is insane. Her whole thing is assist, but she just, she was not giving up. She's obviously the player who sent the game to overtime. Like I said to you, I thought she was going to take the three point shot, but she went for the safe option and took that layup. Obviously the game didn't end in their favor, but she said, you know what? I'm going to put the team on my back. I'm going to take this layup. And, you know, she had to go through contact for that. And we talked about how the Phoenix defense is very gritty and going through that. I think there were times where you could see her get visibly frustrated. She had a travel call and she was like, I was out of travel. Like, you know, she was getting really frustrated and she still kind of was you know leveling out and realizing okay like I need to do this for my team and I think she played really well just wasn't giving up no matter if Chicago was ahead by 12 if they were down by five she just refused to give up and it was evident it was evident when she had the ball that you know nine times out of ten it was definitely going to go in the net and I could see that you know she really wanted this game and as much as you know it was a loss in overtime now that they're going back to Chicago she's not going to let it happen again yeah, I love that. Vandersloot, 18 points, 12 assists, so gets a double-double. Uh, the closest she was to a triple-double would have been in the, um, I guess, in the rebounds category, but a low two rebounds uh, overall for Vandersloot. And what I mentioned in the semifinal series against Connecticut is what Vandersloot and Quigley can't forget about Allie Quigley, who had a 16 points um, and had six rebounds. The guards in the series, Chicago series against Connecticut, were able to slither under, really get amazing offensive long-range rebounds and get second-chance opportunities. So you love to see that Vandersloot and Quigley are finding a way throughout the playoffs to make an impact on the game, um, even if at times the shot's not falling. Now, I think they've been both, uh, if we will, Vanderquicks, right? I think they've been much more consistent with their shooting, but I still think that we're uh, due for a lights-out game from Quigley in particular. And now that her her points are climbing up, she had, a, I, I think, uh, 16 points probably underrated in this particular game. I'm I'm a little bit scared for Phoenix as Chicago's going back home and Quigley is going to be playing in a very familiar place with a very familiar crowd. I don't know. I, I could see Quigley going off real soon in this series. No, I agree with you. She's definitely due for it. Um, it's about time. Obviously, we have players like 
Copper, she's been playing lights out. She's been, you know, not only scoring the baskets, also getting on those boards. She's not afraid that she's not going to leave it up to the big. She's going to go get it. Um, Quiggs has been consistent, or Vanderson has been consistent in her scoring. Um, we haven't seen as much from Diamond to Shields as I would like to, at least. Um, and I think she's due for a big game as well. I think the two people I'm looking forward to most at Wintrust Arena are Quigley and DeShields, because I think mm. they both are due for a huge game, because we've seen it before. We know that they're capable of going off for 25, you know, more, including, you know, going for those rebounds as well. Like, they're very versatile. They can do it all. But like you said, we're definitely due, and those two, I think, in the next two games, we're going to see a lot from them. I love the DeShields pick. Let's stick there for a moment, because I think there's two, I'd say, let's say three moments that stood out to me, which makes me want to really get on board and piggyback on this game three prediction that we're going to get. We agree on Quigley and we agree on the shields. Now we heard on the broadcast, I believe it was Holly Rowe that was reporting that James Wade kind of lit into diamond to shields defensively. And for those on hashtag WNBA Twitter, you probably noticed that, you know, the shields kind of got posterized by Sophie Cunningham uh, with a cross and then just like pulled up for the three. It was nasty. It was nasty. Like I loved it. Um, but even before that, Wade was really getting on the shields for her defensive coverages. And then Holly Rowe reporting that it was Candace Parker that not only was like, all right, like let's move on to Wade, but then went over and talked to diamond to shields. I, you know, humble brag. I got to write a story on diamond to shields for that amazing all WNBA slam issue with the shields as one of the cover stories. And you really, you know, DeShields has really been struggling on the court and it seems like even off the court. Um, and you just get the sense that she's really fighting to get to her breakthrough and she wants to get to her breakthrough. She talked to me about wanting so badly to win a WNBA championship, just like um, Skylar Diggins-Smith. She has a list of things that she has as goals that she has set for herself. This is certainly one of them, but she's not necessarily playing to her potential just yet. But if she continues to have the support of Candace Parker, we know that her and Ka Copper talk about holding each other accountable. That's something that they do before every single game. I really think that, again, going back home to Wintrust, Diamond Shields now being able to get settled two games of a taste of what it takes to play in the WNBA Finals. And, hey, maybe even that tweet that's going around uh, about the fantastic move by Sophie Cunningham at her expense, maybe that wakes up to Shields. I don't know. For sure. I mean, we saw it before um, with the Liberty and the Mercury <laughs> when Skylar Diggins-Smith went off and said, you know, maybe don't do that and then it won't go viral on Twitter. Um, but I know I agree with you. We've seen what DeShields is capable of. And I think, you know, she's still a bit inexperienced. You know, they haven't really been to this level while she's been on the team. So to kind of get here, I think she does make those mistakes. But I love I think I say this like once a week, but truly. Candace Parker's leadership is everything. Like she's so selfless. Any post game interview, Candace Parker could go off for a triple double with 40 points, 20 assists, and 20 rebounds, and she would give somebody else their flowers first every time. Mm. Like she's such Love an amazing leader. 
her and you could see you know there's a picture she's hugging diamond and she's saying like you know what it's okay because truly i know from my experience playing sports sometimes when a coach is berating you it does not light that fire under your butt instead you're like okay i'm trash whatever you know and you just kind of give up and i think at some point she was getting really hard on herself like of course it sucks when you know somebody on the phoenix mercury is super hot and you're the one guarding them and it's like oh they're scoring on me and then i'm falling over on defense this is so unlike me and you keep making those mistakes and they just keep you know snowballing um but i love that candace kind of took her aside and was like you know what it happens you know what you you've had kind of your games to get used to it. we're going home now you know what you're capable of on home court let's see it mm, i love that yeah absolutely i love that you mentioned the leadership of candace parker you know, Candace Parker has been the story, right, for Chicago. Yeah. She is the type of elite superstar that is going to absorb a lot of attention. And I think that while we can understand that and appreciate why within just kind of how things work, that's going to be the case. I almost feel as though what you just mentioned has been an underreported story up until recently. But if you sit and, and you and I know, you know, we sit on these Zoom calls, I feel like every single conversation about Candace Parker, similarly to how Candace Parker gives her teammates her flowers, it's vice versa. And I think the Chicago Sky team really understands and appreciates who they are and who they were before Candace. And they appreciate what adding Candace has done to all of the preparation they put in and they're ready to follow her lead. And she is a willing to do whatever it takes and play whatever role she needs to on this team. Candace Parker has more uh, charges drawn in this finals than she had all of last season when she won Defensive Player of the Year. Some of y'all know I'm still a little salty about that. Candace Parker, I respect you, but I am not. I, I Let me just put it this way. I didn't vote for Candace Parker as number one as Defensive Player of the Year last year. But she's making me maybe eat my words a little bit with how she's been playing defense with the Chicago team. And you know what? That tells me that she's hungry. That again, she respects what the Chicago team has done and she's willing to do what she needs to do and be the type of leader and player that she needs to be in order to make the team successful. You love to see it. Oh, absolutely. I find obviously every team, you know, that's your family, you're playing for each other, but Chicago really emulates that they are all mm. playing for each other. You know, you see people get hyped up more about like their teammates shot or basket than their own. Like they... They just truly, you look at them and you're like, that is a family. Also, just on the note of defense, Brianna Turner, she's also been great in this series. We love Breezy. She's been playing amazing. She was another impact player for Phoenix. Her defense, insane. You know, again, a little quieter on the points, but still some of those defensive plays. I was like, my God, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Some key rebounds per usual from Breezy. I love that you mentioned her as well. Another player that absolutely deserves her flowers. This is a Phoenix team that if they really focus can be a solid defensive team. And we saw some of that. I don't think they've maxed out on what they can do as far as team defense, but we know that Bree Turner is going to be massive defensively for this Phoenix team, especially with Kia Nurse out. I do think that the loss of Kia Nurse going into the finals did make an impact on what Phoenix had to do 
defensively. And that's one of the things that I asked Sandy Brondello about going into game one. And it played out that Phoenix just wasn't comfortable quite yet with the adjustments that they had to make one because they're playing Chicago and no longer Connecticut um, in their next series. And two, having to do that without Kia Nurse, who gives you great defensive minutes in particular and can definitely absorb contact from, you know, uh, positions one through five on the court. But uh, Haley, we are going to get into what we're expecting to see in game three. And also, let's throw it to the 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 GOAT. The official WNBA GOAT actually had some things to say about the GOAT vote. We're going to do that coming up next on Locked on Women's Basketball. But before we bring Haley back, I want to make sure you know about Built Bar, my favorite protein bar. It is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. It is something that is absolutely delicious, covered in chocolate, while also being healthy, less than five grams of uh, net carbs, less than five grams of sugar, or no more than five grams of sugar per bar comes in amazing flavors. The cookie dough chunk is currently my personal favorite, but you can go with one of the nine original flavors, cherry barcia, coconut, double chocolate, uh, mint brownie, like all of these amazing flavors. And if you can't decide, just get their mix box. You get two of each of the nine original flavors. And we want to make sure you get a nice promo code for your next order at built.com. So when you go over to built.com, you place your order and make sure you use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order at built.com. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. But as promised, we're going to get into what we are expecting in game three. We've already alluded to it before, Haley, and we thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Women's Basketball post-game show or game two of the 2021 WNBA Finals. But as we start uh, looking ahead to game three, I'd love to get your predictions. So let's go again with who you think are the impact players. I know we've alluded to this, but give it to the folks one more time. And then ultimately, who do you think wins game three to take the series lead? Ooh, that's tough. I honestly think because Chicago is coming off a loss and going home, I think Chicago is going to take game three because like we had discussed before, Allie Quigley and Diamond DeShields both are due for huge games. Even Candace Parker, I think we can see a little more from her. Um, she, you know, like she's a leader on and off the court, but I think on the court, she wants to produce a little bit more. We've seen a lot of those games from her. Um, so I think Chicago will take it. Again, I think obviously Courtney Vandersloot, Kat Copper, she's always an impact player. Those two, they're going to be impact players, but I think we're going to see a lot more from the rest of Chicago. Also, haven't mentioned Steph Dolson. I love Big Mama Steph. I'm such a fan of Big Mama Steph. She's been playing amazing as well. I think she's going to have a huge game at home in Chicago. Obviously, Phoenix, like I said, they're a well-rounded team. They're a bit banged up, so they're missing a lot of players. So you are going to see, you know, DT, BG, Skyler, Shea Petty, Sophie Cunningham, um, Breezy. Um, Bria Hartley, kind of that rotation. They're all really great players. They've all been producing this whole time. I think um, Shea Petty had a really good game today. Again, a little bit more quiet if you look at her stats, um, but she kind of got rolling near the end of the game, and I think she might take that momentum into the next game, and I think we're going to see a big game from her as well. But I think Chicago takes game three. Just the players who are due for a huge game, the fact that they are a very like team-first mentality, 
I think that they're going to take it at home. Mm, I like that. I do like that. I Shea Petty had 10 points in this game, five assists. So I like that being able to facilitate. Um, I like Shea Petty as a pick for Phoenix. We've already talked about and pretty much agreed upon what we think for Chicago. That's Quigley and Diamond DeShields. Another player that we haven't talked about that has had a steady impact um, is Azari Stevens. But uh, I think what we have to be mindful of for, for Azare, um we saw Azare and uh, Ka a little bit, just get maybe a little bit more foul calls. Um, and they might want to just be mindful of that. We did see the physicality in this game spiked for mm-hmm. sure. We alluded to the spice, but it's it's worth noting that the physicality has has peaked up. So the sass and the spice has also risen. But I thought they were letting them play a little bit more than they did in game one and certainly throughout the WNBA playoffs. So fouls are going to be something critical. Phoenix is a team that that can get into foul trouble and quickly. And I mean, like everybody on that team can get into foul trouble. So we'll see how this goes. We also know Chicago, though, has the tendency at times to get very frustrated by foul calls between Diana Taurasi and Candace Parker. They have very different approaches, but the same impact of constantly being in the ref's faces. I love it, even though I kind of don't, but because I don't, that almost makes me love it just because it's those two going head to head. But before we let you go, the goat on goat vote. What do, we, what do you think? So Diana Taurasi, uh, for those who don't know, was named the WNBA GOAT. There was like a whole voting process from the W25. Who is the best of the best 25 for the 25th season of the WNBA? Diana Taurasi was ultimately selected. Fan vote was involved. But when asked about the GOAT vote, Diana Taurasi said, hey, listen, thank you. Appreciate it. But when it comes to who I think is the GOAT or if we can even have it, like how could I possibly give you the greatest of all time given all of the people that are even in the conversation? And if I'm reading between the lines and some of the tea leaves here, also like the the, the eras in which a lot of these players played, completely different, completely different. So I, I agree with the GOAT on the GOAT vote. How about you, Haley? No, I totally agree too. And I think a very good thing is that there are a lot of new WNBA fans, but that means they don't really realize the history. So, you know, they hear greatest of all time and they basically think it's between Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi, which is just absolutely not true. They don't understand, you know, the impacts of players like Lauren Jackson, who is not only an amazing player, but also kind of started this revolution of a lot of Australian players coming to the league now. You know, you're seeing players in league. Sandy Brondell is a head coach from Australia. You know, you kind of see that come into the league due to players like Lauren Jackson. Obviously, we have the pioneers, the Lisa Leslie's, the Cheryl Swoops, the Rebecca Lobos, who, you know, they, I was, you know, I was a year old when the league started. So obviously I didn't get to watch them in their prime. But like you said, it was a very different league. And it was a league where I think now you have all the best players, you know, they can stay domestically because the league's grown a little bit. Obviously it's not grown more, like we need to grow more. Absolutely. But um, I think now when people, you know, look at it, they don't realize the impact that so many players had to not only grow the game, but also, like you said, the landscape was completely different when they were playing like even think of players like Candace Parker who are still in the league who are one of the greatest of all time she kind of changed the way that forwards play the game now because of her style of play 
So you don't kind of realize how it was before then. And just like, I, I love DT, don't get me wrong. And clearly, like I said, she's still 39 years old and playing like this and putting up these points, Amazing. especially after injury. Like you said, she was injured last year. She dealt with so many injuries this year and she's still putting up those points. So I like, I love her. And obviously she, people voted for her and she is one of the greatest of all time. That is a fact, but I do agree that there's definitely a lot of players who I think are overlooked just because people didn't get to watch them. They don't understand just the landscape of the league, how it was before even 2020, 2021. Um, So I definitely agree with her that it's like, it's very nice to say, but even, you know, you have this in any sport to say that one single player is kind of like the greatest of all time. It's like everyone brings different things to the table. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, other names definitely tossed out there. Cynthia Cooper and Rebecca Brunson, not even on the W25 list, but is the only WNBA player to win five WNBA championships. So yes, it's definitely eye of the beholder. We talk about this so much on Lockdown Women's Basketball. It also is in the eye of how media covers things. That's why, Haley, I love being able to chop it up with you because not only uh, do you bring a very unique perspective and even though you didn't experience it personally can reflect back on history, but you're also helping blend out our North American coverage. So we got to make sure that we uh, put some respect on the Canadians in the league as well. Um, and so unfortunately, again, Kia Nurse not on the court, but there with her team and cannot overstate the impact that she's had to get Phoenix here. So we'll see how it all pans out, but I think we both probably have Chicago winning game three, but we do know because the series is tied that we will get a game four. I, I originally said Chicago in four, I think as recent as earlier today, but after this game and the back and forth, not only do I think we can get to a game five, but I kind of want to see it now. <laughs> I want a game five. I love game fives. Like I love yeah, when teams- all the games, <laughs> Yeah, no, I love when teams are kind of strong enough and like sweep and that's great for them and their momentum. But like, I don't want to see a sweep. I want to see five games. I want to see a fight to the finish, maybe overtime, yes. maybe. I, you know, I say that and then I'm reflecting on that game five Phoenix versus the Las Vegas Aces. That was, I mean, I'm still emotionally recovering from that, but. It was a great game. So I guess we got to balance those things out. But once we get that channel that all they do is play WNBA classics, best believe game five of the 2021 semifinals between the Phoenix Mercury and Las Vegas Aces is going to be in heavy, heavy rotation because that was a fantastic game. 100% agree. And, you know, maybe in a few years when we see Asia Wilson, uh, DT was in that game. Griner, again, really coming back um, and focused on her her mental health after leaving the Wubble early. There's a lot of great storylines. So I'm looking forward to when we get the next, uh, you know, banner year. I guess that will be W30. We'll see how we're celebrating players like that. But Haley, thank you so much. For joining us before you leave though let the folks know where they can find you i mean it's it's also like literally right there on the screen but maybe you can tell us uh if you have any stuff coming up for uh wnba uh, now that we're in the finals and where we can find your your next piece 
Yes. Well, first off, Erica, as always, it's so fun and lovely to chat with you. I'm so grateful to have you in my network. So thank you so much for having me. Yes, you can find me on Twitter at Goldie on Sports. My favorite niche is live tweeting games. That's my favorite thing in the entire world to do. Um, but after that, obviously, we'll kind of have a finals recap. And then moving into the offseason, you know, we've got some college stuff. There's a lot of great college players that are coming out of the draft this year. Some offseason moves. Obviously, free agency last year was crazy. We saw Benajelani go to New York, and we saw the impact she's had in New York. So I'm really excited to see free agency and kind of the roster moves we see this offseason. So if you follow my Twitter, I always share all of my own stuff. You know, self-promo is the best promo. Um, so that's where you can find me. But thank you so much, Erica. Well, again, thank you so much, Haley. And hey, like I said, we're definitely going to have a game four. So that means we have at least two more Locked on Women's Basketball WNBA Finals live post-game shows. So you are welcome back anytime for sure. But Haley McGoldrick, thank you again for joining us after game two. We'll make sure all of our followers know how to find you. Um, but that will do it for our show here today. Thank you again for making Locked on Women's Basketball your first listen. But we want to make sure that if you have another listen in you for the day, that you head over to Locked on fantasy basketball, everything that you need to know as you're getting ready for your fantasy league. We had a fantastic game too. Again, Phoenix is victorious on their home court. 91-86, they get the victory over the Chicago Sky. Now the series turns over and will be now in Chicago. That game is already sold out, folks. So it's going to be big. It's going to be loud. And Haley and I both think it's going to be Chicago. That's victorious. But if you want to find out if we got our predictions right, join us right here again on we're streaming live on Twitter. We're streaming live on our YouTube page. We will be back for game three locked on women's basketball post game show. Thanks, everyone. And hey, WNBA is so important. Until next time. Erica Lindsay Ayala, signing out.